Doncic wins the game at the buzzer. Here we go. Happy 4th of July and welcome to another edition of The Gunshot, the NBA podcast that covers all teams regardless of market size. My name is Grant Gunn and I'm flying solo today. My sister Lauren uh, is out join, enjoying her 4th of July uh, on the Galveston Beach with some friends. So we all wish her and everybody a happy 4th of July. Hopefully everybody got some time off this weekend, got to have a good time. But I am here to talk about all the latest rumors and news coursing throughout the NBA uh, over this 4th of July weekend. Historically, this is always a huge weekend for the NBA. Uh, however, with the free agency being moved up a little bit, some of that big news that we usually hear uh, around this time tends to happen earlier now. So it's kind of been a quiet weekend, which is uh, mostly a good thing. No news is, is typically good news this time of year now. Um, but there are plenty of things that I do want to discuss. I am going to keep it relatively short since it is just me today. Um, but there are a couple of things that I think are, are worthy of discussion uh, as we go into this next week of free agency. Obviously, a lot still hinges around the Kevin Durant, the Kyrie Irving news. Uh, a lot of people are waiting for that shoe to drop before things come um, can kind of pick up again. Um, but there are a lot of other interesting pieces out there that I think warrant discussion. So the first thing I want to talk about uh, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, in, in my opinion, they've, they've had a great offseason up to this point. They've gotten started, had some nice uh, key signings, in my opinion. They, they signed P.J. Tucker to a three-year, roughly $30 million deal. Um, and then they also added Daniel House on a two-year, I want to say it was like six, uh, I've got it up now, two-year, $8 million deal. Um, so two guys that, that are going to come in and contribute. Uh, Daniel House is, is, he came off a season with the Utah Jazz where he was looked at as a three and D wing, um, that he, he got more of the D um, label there because the Utah perimeter defense just was not that great. And, and he was one of their better guys. Uh, but he really is just a, a three-point shooting athletic wing, which obviously you cannot have enough of, especially if you're a team like Philly. Uh, and then they snagged P.J. Tucker away from the Miami Heat, which I think is, is huge for two reasons. Obviously, taking a huge piece away from one of your competitors is a huge uh, addition. Um, not only strengthening your defense, but weakening, weakening another top team in the East, I think is going to be massively beneficial for the 76ers in the long run of the season. Um, I do think it's an interesting point to add that it's a three-year deal. Uh, PJ Tucker's three years, uh, the whole contract, all 33 million is fully guaranteed uh, according to a tweet by Shams earlier this week. Um, so he could be playing into his 40 year, year 40 age 40 season. Um, so, so that's interesting to kind of talk about when you, when you think of a 40 year old PJ Tucker taking roughly 10, 12, $13 million of the cap that year, just depending on how the contract is structured. So um, obviously just looking forward to this season alone, I think it's going to be a huge addition for them having a three and day wing, a true defensively minded wing like that um, is going to be awesome for them. Um, and, and additionally, having, having that playoff experience, he, he's one of the long-term long time bets in the league uh, who has a lot of experience when it comes to, big time moments. So uh, a great addition. And, and if you look at just that for the, the 76ers, I think you look at this and say, you know what, they've had a good off season uh, and they go into next season feeling great. But there are, there are two other moves that I think elevate this to a whole nother level. Uh, and, and one of those things, they, they traded away Danny Green and acquired DeAnthony Melton. And now this doesn't really move the needle in my opinion, but they got off of 
Um, they, they basically turned uh, a 10 million non-guaranteed contract for this upcoming season in Danny Green into $8 million this year and next year for D'Anthony Melton. So they get another 3 and D guy who has been great for the, the Memphis Grizzlies over the past few years, um, was part of that kind of young core that, that grew up, um, and I think is going to be a great addition to this team. I mean, you look around Harden and Embiid, you've got a great team uh, of defensive 3 and D wings, and, and everyone jokes that, that you've got a little bit of the uh, Houston Rockets reuniting in Philadelphia with, uh, with Daryl Morey at the helm. Uh, and so that there, I think there's definitely some truth to that. Obviously the jokes are, are very relevant, but I think obviously a huge difference is your number one piece is not James Harden. Your number one piece is Joel Embiid, one of the top two, obviously two centers in the league, but, but top 10 players in the entire league. So that's huge. And then you obviously are adding James Harden, a, a no joke um, number one guard um, who, who's effectively working as your number two. So I, I love this 76ers team and kind of what they're adding. Um, what I think is going to be interesting uh, is, is the James Harden contract situation. And, and this is really what I want to talk about. He opted out of his $47.4 million player option for this upcoming season, which I believe does technically make him an unrestricted free agent. However, everyone is kind of in agreement. He's coming back to the 76ers. The interesting piece about this is what's that number going to be? Um, the SB nation blog, the Liberty ballers, the 76ers SB nation page wrote a piece, Brian Toporek wrote a great piece. I encourage you if you're, you're interested in the 76ers cap numbers, along with just some of their other offseason moves they've made this year, he wrote a great article outlining all of this. Um, but he talks about kind of what Harden's contract situation is going to look like, uh, because he, he opted out of the 47.4 player option million player option for this next season, um, it kind of limits what is able to be done. Uh, so they do have his bird rights. However, um, the current luxury tax is set at 150 million right now. And the salary cap right now uh, is 123 million. Now the 76ers are already over the cap. They do, they're looking at about 36 million away from the luxury tax apron. So I'm looking at a table. Here we go. Okay, excuse me. Right now with 15 players under contract, they have more than 120 million. So they have about two and a half million dollars of cap space right now, but their contract is, or, or excuse me, their roster space uh, is, is zero to none. They are just about full. Uh, and that is including James Harden. Oh, excuse me. That's not including James Harden. So they've got some figuring out to do here. Um, but when you look at the max that, that James Harden can make in his first year uh, after he's signing this extension, this extension can only take them up to the luxury tax apron. So that, that right now with them at 120 million, they can only go up to 156 million. So if, if you're kind of doing the math there, uh, Harden's max dollar amount that he can sign for in this first year is only 36 million. Uh, and so you look at that and you're like, well, why the heck did he turn down 47.4 million just to come back and re-sign with the 76ers, especially for less money. That's about 11 million less in this first year. Um, so there's a couple things. It's been rumored that James Harden is, is looking to sign a team-friendly deal. Uh, and I think this is going to really benefit the 76ers if it ends up being structured um, the way that's rumored. So the 76ers do have his bird rights. They can offer him 8% annual raises, which is larger than anybody else. Um, that can happen. So if you just look at the max number he can make, 
$36.4 million. Uh, that, that would result in with 8% raises would be a three-year, $118 million deal. Obviously massive for James Harden. Um, but I don't think he backs out of a $44 million, or excuse me, $47 player option to turn around and take the most he can on an, a uh, luxury tax. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so, so what kind of things are out there? Uh, obviously, it's been rumored maybe $30 million a year is something he would look at. Um, obviously, Matisse Thibel, another guy who has been rumored to be shopped. He's, he's slated to make $4.3 million next year, I, I believe, as he's towards the end of his rookie contract. Um, obviously, that could shake up what this roster looks like a little bit in terms of salary cap numbers as well. Um, but I think James Harden is, is looking at this team long term. Obviously, Kevin Durant is a huge piece to everything. Joel Embiid has made it known that he thinks that the front office of the 76ers should do everything they can to go all in to try to, to acquire Kevin Durant. And, and obviously, I'm sure they're pursuing any, any opportunities there, um, as is the rest of the league. But just from a James Harden perspective, um, I think he's going to hold out signing until everything is kind of put together and the picture looks more complete. Um, so does that look like 25 million a year? Does that look like 30? Does it look like 35? I, I really don't know, but I think to see a star do this, this is the first time in a while, obviously as a Mavs fan, Dirk Nowitzki comes to mind doing this almost every single year, signing one or two year deals so that he could turn around and, and help the team uh, navigate the cap as best as possible. And it almost seems like that's what James Harden is doing. He's obviously made multiple max contracts up to this point. I uh, made one or two in Houston. He made another in Brooklyn. Um, I guess this is the, the tail end of the one that he, he signed in Brooklyn. So um, the guy has made plenty of money. So obviously that is not his concern. The one thing holding that is, that is looming over his head is the fact that he has not had any playoff success. Um, so personally, I'm not a huge fan of James Harden, but I love to see guys doing this because it's ultimately just helping their team and putting their team in a position to win, which is all the 76ers can ask for. Obviously, everyone is going to hold this over James Harden's head until it happens. Uh, in the same way they have Chris Paul. Uh, and Embiid is going to kind of have that as well the longer and longer that the 76ers continue to not have any playoff success. Um, so I think this is a, a very overlooked um, aspect to the 76ers situation that I think could ultimately benefit them. Um, really not this season. We're not going to see any any kind of benefits here. Um, but it's down the road. How are they going to start shaping things up so that they can put a true championship contending roster together? Because obviously they are not far, uh, but it's moves like this that really help that. So I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, uh, I'm going to dive into uh, a little bit more, something else that kind of comes to mind. Uh, I, I believe uh, we saw Brian Winhorst talking a little bit of what is going on in Utah. So when we get back, we'll dive in a little bit more about Utah. We've talked about this already. Um, but as things continue to unfold, there's plenty to discuss. Stay with us. All righty, welcome back. So uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, I want to dive in and talk a little bit about the Utah Jazz. Uh, I, this is a team that's going to continue to be talked about almost until they decide to move on from Donovan Mitchell, whenever that may be. I don't know that it will be this summer. I don't know that it will be this year. Um, but this is something that's going to hang over their head, especially as long as they um, – continue to fall short in the playoffs. That has been the narrative around this team for years. It was, okay, the best they can do is just re-sign Conley, re-sign Rudy Gobert, run it back, put this core together, hope everybody comes back healthy and really see what can happen. And year after year, they just fell short. Um, I, Lauren and I talked 
not this past season, but the season before we were huge believers of the jazz and ultimately it just was not able to turn into anything for them. Um, and then this past year, uh, aside from the chemistry issues, they had injury uh, concerns. And so that held them back again. And so um, this Utah jazz finally blew it up. We, we discussed on our last podcast, the trade of Rudy Gobert. So I won't go too far into that. Um, and we talked about Donovan Mitchell as well, but I I've got to imagine he has his eyes on this very closely um, there have been rumors that the Jazz are discuss are in discussions to acquire DeAndre Ayton, um, which I've got to assume would would be great in the eyes of Donovan Mitchell. Kind of bringing a guy like that on board um, w- would help kind of adjust their timeline a little bit. I think Rudy Gobert was a little older than um, Donovan was, and so getting a guy like DeAndre Ayton would would kind of help shift their timeline a little bit um, to a more win now, which. I worry about the Jazz. I mean, they, they stepped away and lost a big a big defensive anchor in Rudy Gobert uh, in, in the Western Conference that has just continued to get better this offseason. Uh, I see the Jazz taking a, a big step back this, this year, and that's not a hot take by any means. Um, but uh, adding somebody like DeAndre Aiden could maybe help give them a direction because right now they're kind of stuck in between. They've got all these picks that they just acquired. They have some young assets. Um, they obviously have Donovan Mitchell, if they plan on keeping him, then they need to show that they're going to put a winning contender around him. And, and that is ridiculously difficult in the West. Um, but I, I say in the West, in, anywhere in, in the entire league, it is difficult. Um, but uh, they, they've got to do something if, if they plan on trying to appease him and keep him long term. So I think there's a lot of, of moves that they could make. The problem is, I don't know that they have any suitors. Um, so uh the jazz really have to just kind of focus on developing their young guys uh, and, and working with Donovan and Mitchell. If they're not already, they obviously brought in a new coach, uh, Will Hardy, the youngest, I believe the youngest head coach to ever be hired. He's 34 years old, uh, which I think is crazy. If you just look at some of their guys on their roster, uh, Rudy Gay, I believe is 35, um, w- which just is crazy to me that you could have a coach younger than some of the guys he's coaching. But I absolutely love that too, uh, for, for kind of the same reasons. Uh, I've, played basketball in high school I was never the tallest never the quickest um, but I always considered myself one of the smarter players on the court and I love to see that a basketball mind regardless of how old you are can hopefully help contribute to development of young guys help a team winning um, and building a culture that that the Jazz could um, enjoy could could build around and, and keep in the future so obviously this can go a hundred different ways Danny Ainge uh, is is at the helm he brought in David Fisdale uh, as the assistant GM. And so uh, they're by no means looking to launch into a rebuild, I don't think. But I think if they do, they are situating themselves with guys who understand this league, who understand what it takes to build um, a a solid culture, a solid foundation. Uh, So I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm kind of pulling for the Jazz in a way. I do like Donovan Mitchell a lot. I, I don't want them to take any wins away from the Dallas Mavericks, obviously, but um, I, I like a lot of what they've done. Uh, you knew that Rudy and, and go, excuse me, not Rudy and Gobert, you knew Rudy and Donovan Mitchell were going to be split up this offseason. That that was talked about, I feel like, for the past 18 to 20 months. Like, that that was not a surprise. Um, the question is, is it going to be a full blow up or is it just going to be a little bump in the road? And obviously, only time will tell. So, Got my eyes on the Utah Jazz. Uh, as far as their hires, I've liked a lot of what they've done, but there's still a lot to unfold. And like a lot of this, probably being held up by the 
um, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Ayton, all of all of those pieces are, are definitely putting a pin in things, um, but nonetheless, things to keep our eyes on. Um, well, all right. Obviously, this is a quick pod. I, I can only talk so long by myself about some of these things. The only other thing I want to mention is that NBA Summer League is uh, set to be in, in full swing very soon. Uh, I know we've got some games going on. Kings fans have been absolutely excited um, because of Keegan Murray, who, who's had a couple great games for the, the Kings in the uh, Summer League so far. The Utah Summer League is set to begin tomorrow. And the Vegas Summer League is set to begin July 7th, which is Thursday. So as soon as the Utah Jazz Summer League ends, the Vegas one picks up. Obviously, the Vegas is the big show. I believe all 30 teams uh, are involved, uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So a lot of uh, uh, young prospects to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I'm happy that the Kings fans get to enjoy something like Keegan Murray right now. He's, he's obviously had a great couple games. Uh, and this guy's just a guy who, who can score, who can get buckets. Um, and so to have a guy like that, you could never have enough of. Um, hopefully he becomes something that they can build around because after trading away Tyrese Halliburton, everyone's just kind of standing around like, well, you're putting a lot of eggs in this De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis basket. So if you can add a guy like Keegan, uh, hopefully Davion Mitchell can continue to develop. And, and maybe again, they have a, a sense of direction. I, they're, they're the team that I most want in the play in this year. The poor Kings fans have had to endure a long um, bout of playoff or a long playoff drought, I should say. They, they've experienced um, a lot of off seasons come to, or a lot of off seasons begin a lot sooner than the rest of the teams in the league. And, and so they're due for some playoff excitement. Now, I, I don't know that that will be anything notable, but if they can sniff that play in game, I think that'll be a lot of fun. So another team to keep an eye on, uh, but that's going to be it. I'm going to leave you guys today. Uh, Lauren and I will be back discussing all the things. I'm sure this will be another um action-packed week in the NBA no no slowing down anytime soon especially as summer league gets in the way there will be lots to talk about uh, but we'll be back breaking it all down here on the gunshot see y'all next time